Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Welcome to the KRRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy. You are, as our illustrious host would always say, B.I.G. in my book tonight for showing up. It's going to be a special show. I know we got our we got our host on here. He was gracious enough tonight to to let to let us just step in and, and, and kind of do do something a little bit different this week. So let's bring our host in and say hi to him in the background. What's up, Pudgy? Okay, I thought he was in the background. Okay, well, it is what it is. Welcome to KRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy. Like I said, I'm Sonny Johnson sitting there for brother night. I thought he was supposed to be in the background, but he ain't saying hi, so we're going to move on. Um, Kind of a different kind of thing going on tonight. Always with with P, you know we gonna keep it real. We keep it one hundred. We keep it no apologies. We do what we do every time we try to step out on the stage. And tonight is gonna be no exception. It's gonna be personal tonight. And I really wanna I wanna put this out there and let everybody know. Usually, whenever I have to do a radio show. Especially when I have, and and for this show especially, I call P in the middle of the week. I'm like, what do you got planned this week? And he's like, well, I'm just gonna be doing this, that, or the other. And I was like, let me, let me, please, let me host the show this week. I just got this feeling inside that there's something that needs to be said, so let me host the show this week. And my brother was gracious enough to say, all right, since the floor is yours, and so this is where we're here. This is why we're here. Um, it's been one of those years. Everybody, uh, whether you voted for Obama, whether you didn't. Any of that, it's just been one of those years. It's been a trying year at home, personally in people's houses, in politics, as far as our federal government goes, our state government, our local governments, our crime level, our poverty level. It's just it's, it's just been one of those years. But tonight, 
we're not going to talk about politics tonight. This isn't this isn't this isn't the place to talk to talk about Obama. This isn't the place to talk about Romney. We're not talking about Democrats. We're not talking about Republicans. We're not talking about liberals. We're not talking about conservatives. All of that stuff is out the window tonight. Tonight we're going to focus on Christians. Tonight we're going to focus on children of God. Tonight that will be our focus because. A lot of us have grew up in a law-based society, and we have put aside what it means to have grace in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about where do you stand? Where do you live? Do you live on the mountain of law or do you live on the mountain of grace? There are two mountains, and each one of us are going to make a choice at, at, which, at, at the bottom of which one we stand. Are we going to stand at law or are we going to stand at grace? So, that's going to be the major focus of the night, and I have to personalize this because I I don't know how to deliver this message without personalizing it. So don't sit up there today and say she's saying a lot of about me and about I and about yes. I'm giving you a testimony tonight, okay? It is not it is not something that I I theorized on. It's not something that I think might be true. I'm telling you what has happened in my life. My testimony, personal, hurtful at times to um to lay it bare. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 been a long fought battle, and we're at the kind of the cusp of coming to the end of one battle, so I can start a new battle. But before we can go to that place, we have to actually share, you know, share our progress with our brothers and sisters. That's what we're put here to do. We're we're put here to make sure we can uplift and not only move on ourselves and better ourselves, but bring our brothers and sisters up while we do it. All right, so to take you back, I want to take you back to when I left the church. And I know we're going to – see, P is supposed to be on here, so I know if we're going to Charlotte – or not, because I do not want to miss an opportunity to save you guys some money. So, bro, I need to come on and let me know what's going on. But until then, I want to tell you when um, when I left the church. I was about 15, 14, 15 years old, and one day we were in church, and the pastor was um, giving this sermon. And he he got up and he started talking about all of these entertainers. He was talking about Chris Rock and he was talking about Martin Lawrence and he was talking about some of the hip hop acts that um that were going on and that were popular popular in the day. And he was very derogatory towards these guys. I mean, he was like it like if you went and watched a movie, you're gonna be like damn to hell. If if you supported a Martin Lawrence stand up comedy, then you are you are a terrible person and it it was just like this rebuke of just this judgment. It was just this rebuke of just judgment and I couldn't Muster standing, sitting in the pews and looking up at my pastor, passing all these judgment on all of these men, it didn't feel right to me. So it was the first time that I had ever went to my pastor and said, look, I don't agree with what you said. I, I have some doubts about what you said. I need you to minister me some more about what you said because it doesn't feel right to me. Well, my pastor asked me my opinion. I gave him my opinion. We sat and chat for a minute, and he told me, thank you. 
Thank you for questioning. Thank you for for not taking just the word at its face value, but actually doing your own kind of thinking about it. That That's a wonderful trait for a Christian to have. And as I walked out, I noticed one thing. He never answered my question. And my question was very, very basic. Does God love, say, the righteous more than he would love someone that other people would look at as a sinner? Basically, could God love a sinner? And that was kind of my basic question. And I never got the answer to it. But if you listen to law, and what I mean by law is what is socially accepted, what is what is put out in, in a group kind of form and the group kind of accepts it, so you're supposed to accept it too. It, it also has a different meaning, but generally that's kind of what I'm speaking on is that law factor. And the law says that if you're a sinner, then Jesus can't love you. If you're not doing everything perfect, then Jesus can't love you. And that's where you get these self-righteous, sanctimonious, holier-than-thou Christians that walk around looking down their nose at every every single sinner they see. They walk around looking at their nose at someone that they deem to be less than perfect than themselves. And then they wear the banner that they have the right to do this and cloak themselves in God's name. They cloak themselves in righteousness. They cloak themselves in law. And the rest of us are supposed to be left out. They make us feel less less than. Those of us who will openly admit without a shadow of a doubt that we are sinners, that we sin every single day and it's nothing but the mercy of God that will sustain us, we are somehow less than. So when we come to that point, what we have is a group of people that turn away from God, and they do it quickly, and they do it unabashedly, and it's what happened to me. It's the reason that I walked away from the church. It's the reason that everything that my mother had put into me since I was a child, it was so easy to turn away from because I was a sinner. And if Jesus didn't like sinners, then I was in trouble. So what it forces you to do is to hide. It forces you to pull back. It forces you to walk away from Jesus. And what it actually does It leads you into a world of contradiction. And this is the fight that most of us have been having over this last year, this world of contradiction where we know how we live in our own homes, but we don't apply it to a voting booth. We know how we raise our own kids, but we won't put those same standards on society and other people's children, Um, especially when it comes to things like school system. We know what it takes to fix this country individually as people. We know what it takes, but none of us are willing to stand up beside those principles, beside what it really takes to make a change in America. None of us are willing to stand up and do it because of the law, because of what is expected of us. I call it the political blackface. And, and we've all been, any of our, anyone who holds a conservative value, and I'm trying to say this is a, about conservative values, but it's a political blackface that has been put on us. Wow. And we have to tolerate it. We have to take it because it's law. 
Because as Christians, we're not supposed to fight back. Because as Christians, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. Because as Christians, we're supposed to love our brothers even when our brothers are spitting in our face. As Christians, we are not supposed to hold opinions that cause agitation. We're not supposed to hold opinions that cause people to question and to think. No, no, no. That's not the job of a Christian. The job of a Christian is to sit down. The job of a Christian is to be quiet. The job of a Christian is to follow law, to be obedient. Is this the Christianity you follow? Is this representative of the Jesus Christ that you read about when he walked this earth? Was he any was he meek? Was he quiet? Did he fight? Did 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 he did he have the tenacity in him to know that at the end of the day his father had already laid the plan down and all he had to do was walk the steps? And that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in a place where we have to decide whether we are going to be ruled by law or whether we're going to be ruled by grace. And a lot of us, we don't even know what that means. We don't even know the difference between law and between grace. And I'll tell you something completely honest, that's where I found myself about the last two months, trying to figure out if I misread the signals, that maybe God didn't call me because I backpedaled, I fell a little bit, and, and, and I tripped over myself a little bit, and I, and I got back to all of that doubt, and I got back to all of that questioning myself, and I got back to that, is there anything that we really can do to solve this problem? I got back to that that basic notion of questioning whether God is all-powerful, that basic notion of questioning Did he really love me so much that he planned out this beautiful, bright future and all I have to do is step into it? That's the question. Whether we're going to be based on law or whether we're going to be based on grace. And do you know and understand what grace is? So that's kind of what I'm guessing the show is going to be about, and we're going to try to jump into it and break it down some more because there's some things that I kind of, personal stories that I want to tell you. And um, I really want to get into what 2013 is going to bring, what it's going to look like if we stay on path A where we follow law, and what it's going to look like if we switch it up. And and we actually put all our faith, put all our muster, put all our strength, energy into just believing that Jesus Christ has already paved this road for us. He has already paid the price for us. And now all we have to do is stand up in his righteousness and walk his path. Oh, goodness. I'm trying to tell you, this is this is a moment in time where... God is going to call his children, and he's calling all of us. And I like to say up front, he's not calling me to ministry. <laughs> he's not calling me to preach. He's not calling me. I don't feel any of those things, so that's not what I'm trying to do tonight. What I'm trying to do tonight, my main focus of the night, my whole point of the night is to start getting you as Christians to understand that you are an army. In and of yourself, a one-man army. But we're not wearing our armor. 
And that's why it's so easy for us to get pierced. That is why it's so easy for them to take away Christmas, to to not um, acknowledge Easter, to to not want the um, baby Jesus out in nativity scenes to understand what this season actually means. These are why they get away with these things, because they have painted Christians. They have mocked us. They have laughed at us. They have joked on us. They have created characters of us, and we stick by their molds. We fall into their traps and their molds, and it's coming to a point where we can no longer do that. We have to begin to be soldiers in our own right. We have to make sure that we are the ones that are standing guard, that we are the ones that are going to pave the, world, um, pave the way for this future. And it starts now. 2013 will be our year. It will be the year that we all come together, we all call his name at the same time with the same fear and the same humility, and we will see what great weapon God is in his works. So I got the cue. That means we're going to... Come up to a commercial break. When we come back in, we're going to get Charlotte on, talk about saving you some money. And then when we after that, we're going to come back and we're going to finish it up. We're going to put some armor on. We're going to explain the difference between grace and between law. And we're going to try to get some soldiers built for 2013. You're rocking with KRRP Radio Show. You are B-I-G in my book always for tuning in. Hope my blathering didn't get you off track. It's going to be a fun night. Don't think that just because it's about God, you're not going to have fun. I guarantee you're going to have some fun before the night is over. So go ahead, tune in for the commercials. We'll be back for Charlotte real soon, and then we're going to hit the rest of KRP Radio Show up for the night. K-I-R-P Radio! Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Skyco. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists. Then. 
Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Want to hear you speak when you're constantly getting calls and people just want to sit and talk to you 
and you got to go and you got to make lunch and you got to um, fill out the field trip form and you got to help with homework and the project coming up and you got to go to this activity, that activity. And you have all of this stuff on your plate. It's impossible to do by yourself. And when you have someone blessed beside you that helps you do that, oh, it's a wonderful thing. So please always remember in your prayers, when you're praying for us that are out here in this movement, make sure don't forget our families because we got awesome families at home that take up the slack and pick up the slack for us, our kids, our significant others, aunts, uncles that babysit, grandmas that that, that, um, that take them for the weekend, all of these people make it possible for us to do what we do, and they don't get shot out enough. So I just wanted to say that to so both of my sisters out there, Miss P and Miss Kev, y'all always got my love, always got my support, always got my prayers. Okay, so what does that mean? Is that Charlotte? Hello? Oh, Charlotte! Hey. <laughs> Hi, we're having a few technical difficulties, so I apologize. It's okay. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. So go ahead and um, shout your name out real fast and give them your website and all your information, and then tell us what you got to help us save this week. All right, <coughs> well, I'm... <coughs> uh, what? Beyonce here. Oh, I think we got the host in. Is Pudgy here now? Now, I just feel like doing that Kanye Taylor Swift thing. My bad. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> well, here it is. KRP show is officially in the building. Yay. <laughs> okay, well, I'm Charlotte. Um, I have um, my website, stretchingyourbudget.com. It's pretty easy to remember. Um, and you can find this on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash stretching your budget and Twitter at symbol stretch your budget and that's S-T-R-E-T-C-H-U-R budget. Um, so anyways, yeah, just look us up if you're looking to save money or getting started or pro, you kind of have it all. So. Okay, so I like the, all right, we're in Christmas season. <laughs> we, we're in Christmas season, Charlotte, and I'm hurting. <laughs> I, I'm hurting. When you got when you got the gifts to give as well as keeping everything else running your house, how mm-hmm. how how can you help us save some money during this stressful season? Well, it's kind of late for me to say start early because you haven't started yet or behind. You told me to start early. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I start like as soon as Christmas is over for the next year. So. <laughs> but um. Oh, yeah, wow, so. I know, right? I'm I'm like terrible with that. I'm always on the look, so if I find things on clearance, I'm constantly, you know, trying to think, who can I buy this for, who would this work for, and even if I don't use it for Christmas, I'll use it for a birthday gift down the line, so I always keep, like, a little stash of stuff, but, yeah, so my rule would be start early, but we're kind of past that point, so I have a few other things to maybe help out. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, I got a little distracted, I mean, because I was really into your um, talk earlier, so I kind of got sidetracked, but I do have something. So. <laughs> um, I w- would say 
that I was kind of thinking about ways other than just couponing and being on a budget, blah, 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 how you can save during the holidays. And um, so some of the things that I was just trying to think of were trying to save money with wrapping presents and Christmas cards. Um, So a lot of people tend to either pay someone to wrap their presents, you know, guys go in the mall and they're like, ooh, you know, stop by and get your stuff wrapped and pay for it because you don't like to wrap. Um, You know, or if you spend a lot of money on wrapping paper to make things look perfect, if you're OCD, sometimes like I am. Um, And even with Christmas cards, people tend to spend a lot of money having pictures made um, and having your Christmas cards made and all that kind of thing. So I was just going to give a few quick um, ideas that I have used myself to help save money in those areas. Um, So number one with Christmas wrapping, um, you know, some of the suggestions that I have are to use old newspaper, um, you know, use that to wrap your present in and then, you know, buy like a ball of twine and, you know, wrap your present in that. It actually looks really cool. Um, You can also, you know, use, I've used tissue paper. I get really colorful tissue paper because you can, you know, go to the Dollar Tree and buy a whole pack. Um, and I will wrap my presents in tissue paper. You just have to use more than one piece so you can't see through it. I wouldn't recommend this for, like, a really big box. But, um, you know, if you've got something small, stocking stuffers, that kind of thing, and you don't want to waste, you know, your really expensive wrapping paper, um, tissue paper works great. And um, so those are just some quick little things you can get creative and let your kids, if you have any kids, do artwork and use that as your wrapping paper. Um, my and that's really in. <laughs> that's what? something that my daughter that my daughter is really into, and we use the mm-hmm. um the glue, the colored glitter glue, and yeah. you um and you take the um if you use the tissue paper and you wrap something in it, and then you take that glue. When the glue hardens, you can actually mm-hmm. cut around the design and actually keep the design part of it. And that's something that I I like to do every year is to have my daughter kind of decorate one of them. And then after she opens it, you know, be careful with it. And then after the glue kind of hardens on the tissue paper, you can actually cut around it, and that can be something that you keep, and we actually turn them into Christmas um, decorations for the next year to put on our tree. So that is something that we do that's quite crafty that, that, that could work, as well as helping you create ornaments for your tree and memories. And that's that. That is exactly what I was going to lead into. So, see, you're already doing budget saving things. <laughs> um, yeah. So, just making you re, repurposing those and making them into ornaments for the next year is definitely a great way. And you're keeping something that your child made, so it's something that you're able to hold and um, and you can buy the um, like spray acrylic type stuff. So, if you were to cut, like you were saying, your tissue paper. Um, piece out and put that on like a a more sturdy piece of paper, construction paper type thing, Um, you can lightly spray that with that acrylic and it's going to kind of harden and then you'll have something that might last even longer. Um, But yeah, so that's that's great. Um, That's a good way to repurpose. And you can even save, you know, your bags. I'm a huge person with saving my bags. People give it to us and I'll reuse that forever. Um, Tissue paper, same way. Um, and so, anyway, so those are some really good tips in order to save money and also recycle. Um, another good thing 
that cheap is just going to the dollar store. They have come out with some amazingly trendy um, products that you can buy, and um, it's only a dollar. So, but I will caution you with the dollar store because um, I went the other day and I spent forty dollars. I did not even know that was possible in the dollar store. Um, but they, um, you know, you get kind of fooled and said, "Damn, oh, that's only a dollar." Like I bought ribbon, but it only made a bow for one present, so that was really not a good deal. <laughs> So I, I, I went and look. I mean, it's like it's like the woman's cry song on here because I went to the um the one to five dollar store today, and and dropped a hundred dollars, and was yeah. like, how in the world did I drop a hundred dollars at, at the one to five dollar store? So that is very, that is very good tip to make sure just because you're walking in what you consider a budget store that you actually mm-hmm. keep your budget in mind while you're in there. Yes, it's it's so easy to do. Um, so, and then um, some other good things are back to talking about Christmas cards um, and even gift tags. But um, if you get a Christmas card, and this happens to us a lot, and one side will be beautiful, this beautiful print. Um, I cut, and this is the same thing with gift tags on the bag, but I'll cut it in half, you know, cut off the side that people wrote on, you know, the white part. Usually it's the back of the card. And then you'll have this really pretty, and I'll turn that into a postcard, and I will mail that out with, you know, our little stuff on it. Or if it's a gift tag on the bag, I'll just rewrite on the side that no one wrote on, and I still have the pretty front, and I've written on the back for the information. Um so that's like another good tip. And two, with saying with postcards is, um, you know, postcards are cheaper to mail. And a lot of times people don't know this. I didn't know that for a long time until a friend of mine told me. Um, so it's actually like 20 cents cheaper to send a postcard than it is to a regular card. So that's another good way if you have a lot of cards to send out to send it in a postcard form. Um, so you're saving, you know, 20 cents a person. And with this time of year, and if you guys follow our website at all, we put a lot of free card deals because there's so many companies out there doing that um, that, you know, you shouldn't really be paying a lot anyways. I got our Christmas cards for free um, just by entering in a code, you know, that they had during that certain time. And a lot of times the shipping's free also. So just be on the lookout for certain things. Always be creative on ways to repurpose and recycle. It's not only good for you, but it's good for the earth because you're not wasting paper and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's just so many ways. And, you know, obviously I could talk about things like that forever, but those are just my few little tips for tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm a – okay, so we going to get on a, a little thing to sidestep because with with, with, with women – we tend to be doing the majority of the shopping, okay? And mm-hmm. and I have this little issue with thinking that I, I should get a Christmas present as well, you yeah. know, and and that it's okay to treat myself, you know, to a little <laughs> to a little Christmas present. So let's let's mm-hmm. take Charlotte's advice. What do you give to the women who are out shopping every single day trying to find all of these knickknacks and then they keep running up against things that they like for themselves or that they see for themselves from a, from one uh, money saving mom to to another what's what's your advice for us women well i'm i'm mixed on this because yes i'm a money saving mom but that also causes me problems down the road because i'm human 
Um, so this year I have found myself very conflicted with that because I don't spend a lot of money throughout the year. I mean, I if I see something, most people would just say, just get it, and I don't. I really have very – I have a lot of self-control when it comes to spending money on things that I don't have to have, and that's one thing that I probably have a problem with. I might, People would probably call me cheap or tight or whatever. But because of that, and I don't spend money throughout the year, I have found myself – saying, oh, my gosh, I found these things on such a good deal. I've wanted it forever, and I've held back, and I've been finding myself wanting to buy them. So this year is not a good year for me to ask (laughs) (laughs) But um, you just have to practice self-control and ask yourself if you really need it. And that's one of the things that I really always keep in the forefront of my mind is, do I need it? Is this something that I have to have right now? And just because it's a good deal does not mean it's not going to be a good deal down the road. So, um, you know, but I really needed those new boots. I I mean, I needed them. I needed them badly. It's okay though to splurge because, like I said, I haven't. I don't splurge. I mean, I've needed new clothes. I've lost weight. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things, and I've like prohibited myself because I have been so frugal for our family for so long, and. You and it, and I do the same thing with couponing, and I'll teach this in every class. That you've got to have one thing you splurge on. And I'm not going to say go spend you know fifty thousand dollars on something, but if it's a hundred dollars on a pair of boots, you've saved your whole you know Christmas, your whole year, um, and you put back money for it. Then I say go for it because you have to be a, if you prohibit yourself from buying anything then you're almost making yourself miserable and you'll get burnt out on saving money. And I see that a lot of times with myself included, um, that I I become so frugal and I say no to myself and to others so many times that I find myself almost hating it or regretting it or you know what I'm saying? It might sound crazy but No, um, no so you, actually actually I know I know you use it on for 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 money saver. But just just for the sake of what we were planning on doing tonight, I wanna kinda tie tie what you just said into what we plan on doing tonight. Alright, just okay. just so bear with me on a second on this one because what one thing that me and Pete were talking about when doing this show is is taking what we're talking about, um, law and grace and, and putting it in, into practical terms, into terms that people mm-hmm. understand. And I think that what that's exactly what you did, is that we want to be frugal. We want to we want to make sure that we are getting, you know, we're squeezing every 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 inch out of the pennies and the dimes that we spent. But we do it so strictly, so mm-hmm. law abidingly, so to put it, that we pigeonhole ourselves into feeling. Like you say, guilty or feeling like uh, where we are actually um, really, really stingy or selfish or any of those words that you might want to use, and we don't give ourselves the benefit of, of saying that there's a reason that we're doing these things, that these things are being done for a, a purpose. And if mm-hmm. we can tell ourselves these things, that we can live with ourselves under grace under these things to say, yes, it's okay for me to buy these boots every once in a while. It's not going to destroy everything that I've, that I've done so far in saving. Mm-hmm. And all the money that I've saved, it's not going to destroy that. And we live so right. close to law that the first time we mess up, we start to feel that guilt. We start to feel like that, you know, like that that resentment or that remorse. 
and mm-hmm. and that is us putting ourselves under law and and not giving ourselves a chance, as you say, to be human. You know, right. and, and to have grace and to understand we might not do it perfectly every single time, but it doesn't neglect all the good that we have done. And I think a word that comes to my mind is like resentment. And, and we do that a lot of times with God and with ourselves. And, and, and like even in the scenario that kind of comes to me is, you know, you've got like a teenager, let's say, who's been very sheltered their entire life. And then they go to college, and because they've been without all these things, they go buck wild, and that's like kind of my, you know, little scenario. But and so that's kind of the same thing with money, and even with God and your spiritual relationship with Him, is that it almost becomes destructive behavior. So it, it would be really easy for me because I love shopping, and it's almost like fills a void for me if I've had a bad week, or it's one thing that makes me happy, and so. I found myself almost going down a destructive path of buying too much stuff because I've limited myself or sheltered myself for so long that um, it could very easily someone that is very weak or doesn't have strong will to to be down a destructive road and go down that wrong path. And so I don't know if that ties in with you or not, but that's kind of like how I'm seeing No, that, you know, that ties in. <laughs> Perfectly. That ties in perfectly because all of it is the same exact principle. It's just applying it to different areas of our life. And that's exactly what you did tonight. See, Charlotte, not only did she come in and she save us money, but she also come in and teach you how to uh, how to wear your armor. So it, it, okay. it's a beautiful thing here on KRP Radio Show. You know, you you know, I can't let you leave without getting a shout out. You know, you know what P would do to me if I did that. So you got it. You got to take the floor now and give the shout-out. Well, it's my once-a-month girl time, so I'm barricaded in my friend's room. (laughs) So shout-out for their patience. Um, And, you know, my husband is always for watching my children. Um, And for you guys, I mean, I've I've been intrigued in uh, your conversation thus far. So um, you always are thanking me for what I do, but just to thank you for – you know, P and and you, Sonny, for what you guys give. I mean, it's great information, and it gives you food for thought. So thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that so much. I love the chances when I get to get on here and talk with you, Charlotte, so I really appreciate you coming through. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, P, go ahead and take us to commercial break. We'll come back and get into uh, to grace versus law and some practical applications of it and how we're going to move forward in 2013. KRP Radio Show, keeping it real with Pudgy. Why look like everybody else? So you call yourself a sneakerhead, right? Well, this right here is something you definitely have to have in your collection. ATK Clothing presents customized sneaker apparel for your official footwear. This is the Addiction to Kicks t-shirt line, which offers you the best in customized short sleeve tees, long sleeve tees, sweatshirts to match any sneakers, and much more. 
Visit us on our official website to place your order today at www.atktees.com. That's A-T-K-T-E-E-S.com. Like us on Facebook tonight. Facebook.com backslash A-T-K-T-E-E-S. Also, hit us on Twitter at A-T-K-T-E-E-S. You are not an official sneakerhead if you do not have these tees to match your footwear. DJ Butterbee, talk to him. Hey, it's your man right here, man, DJ Butterbee. You know what? I'm addicted to kicks, man. Get at my peoples, man. Hey, yo. I look like everybody else. Come. ATKT. North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
love coming on this show because it's just the music brings you in and you be catching me dancing and then I remember I got to actually say something. So <laughs> it's KIRP Radio Show. Keep it real with Pudgy. Big bro, let me sit in today and, and have a little say on the radio. I'm Sunny Johnson. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, just under the name. Um, make sure you do the same and following and liking uh, KRP Radio Show. Same thing, Twitter, Facebook, you can find it under the name. And don't forget NC Pudgy. You can find him under his name, Twitter, Facebook as well. So keep in communication with us. We like that. You know what I'm saying? And as we build our army, we're looking forward to more soldiers coming in and joining the party. So hopefully that will be one of you. Because tonight that's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting our armor on. We're talking about no longer... um, Playing into this role of what we're supposed to be as Christians, what what um what we're supposed to take as Christians, um how we're supposed to live our lives as Christians, all these things, all these laws that have been written for us, and if we want to get close to Christ, we have to follow all of these laws, and I think that the laws are the things that that are, that are keeping us from 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 doing what we really need to do, from from really having the strength that we're really supposed to have, from really having the weapons that we're really supposed to have from really having the armor that we're supposed to have we're letting the law stop us from getting there and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight we got the technical problems fixed and, and solved and all that thing so we got Brick Bra in P you there now oh no see you <laughs> this is funny he's going to chime in when he is there to let us know that he's there and tell them we're going to keep it rocking with KRP Radio Show. So here's the deal, and let, let me repeat this. Let me repeat this to make sure that everybody gets it and everybody understands it. I am a sinner, okay? I admit that I don't hide it from you. I won't. I don't hide it from God. I openly say it. I openly admit it, and I pray for mercy on my soul. Saying that first and foremost, because I don't want you thinking that I'm trying to come out to be self-righteous or that I'm coming out to put my opinion on you. I'm going to give you some honesty for a minute. I don't really care what you do. And this is as honest as I can get. You can listen to me tonight. You can take what I say and you can apply it to your life. You can listen to me tonight and you can take what I say. You can laugh it off. You can listen to me tonight. You can take what I say and you can throw it in the trash. It really doesn't matter to me one way or another because the only thing that matters to me is that I have a personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters to me. Whether you choose to do it or not, it it really doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't affect my life one way or another because it is an individual choice. So having said that, having laid that down as the rules of going forth, also having stated before, I have no intention of preaching. I have no intention of going after, um, that's not my intent. My intent tonight is to show you and to testimony what I have learned in the last couple of months. It is It is to tell you what 2013 will look like if we decide to fight back with our full weapons, with our full armor, with our full strength, no longer no longer letting others define what it means to be a Christian. Now, mostly the idea, and I, and I get a lot of this from um, Kevin Daniels, who is the president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of um, North Carolina. Whenever I have issues, whenever I'm having a question in my mind, whenever God puts something on my heart, Kevin is always the first person I call. So 
when this grace issue started to come up, of course I called Kev. And so I want to leave you with the, the very the scenario he gave me when I started to when I started to um, explain to him what what was on my heart, what was on my mind. He gave me the scenario of the speed limit. Now he said the speed limit down in North Carolina is 55 miles per hour. He cannot keep the law of the speed limit. He is an habitual lawbreaker when it comes to the speed limit. He will go over the speed limit every time he drives. Does that mean he's reckless? Does it mean he's going 20 over? No. One mile over, two mile over, three mile over is still breaking the law, and it makes you an habitual lawbreaker. There's no way around it. Eventually, you're going to break the law. And that's where we find ourselves is find ourselves at as Christians. So if I go back to the story that I told in the beginning about what made me question question kind of the church, what made me kind of turn my back on the church and and its judgment, we bring that story back up because that's where we are today in a nutshell. And I have a fifty cent song. It's called "God Give Me Style, God Give Me Grace." Now, it's so funny because when I put this out on Twitter, I got a lot of funny responses to it because I I had to question. I have a pastor who tells me that the love of God is based on whether or not someone agrees with your comedy show or whether someone or not agrees with your movies or whether or someone or not agrees with the product that you put out. And then you have a rapper who raps about drugs and who raps about guns and who works about violence, but he manages to squeeze in a song about grace. He manages to, to, to squeeze in a song about grace. And you look at these two men and you say, which one is closer to God? So people got upset with me, like, how can you say that 50 Cent is close to God? How can you say that, that 50 Cent would be in God's favor? He curses. He He's misogynistic. He's this, that, and the other, and the third, and the fourth. He's all of these things. How can you say that he is close to God? And my only response to that is, how can you look at him and say he's not? How can you look at with all of the kids that do not make it, with all of the kids that have probably more talent than 50 Cent ever wished he could, how can you look at them and see where they are, look at this man, see where he is, and say he's not touched by God, and say he doesn't know God's grace, and say he doesn't understand, and somehow as Christians we should look upon him as less than. Then we'll... The thing is, when we look at the church and we look at the people inside of the church, we start we start to begin and to question, are these the righteous? Are are these the ones that, that God would exalt? Are these the ones that God said, these are the most perfect among you? The ones that are in the church every single Sunday, that are in the church every single Wednesday, that... Don't pay attention to what their nieces and nephews do that 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 only um criticize and judge and not uplift and empower these people who um who who live their lives by law and works 
but never have an actual personal conversation with Jesus Christ. These people who say the pastor laid his hands on me, but have never got down on their knees and humbled themselves before the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But because they go to church, but because they play the part, but because they live by the law of what it means to be Christians, that that somehow that they are more holy than thou. That us sinners who can admit that we are sinners and who can beg for mercy on our souls and can admit that we still fall down, we still fall short, we are somehow less than. And the sad part is it doesn't matter what those self-righteous Christians think. It is what we think that matters, and we actually believe them. We actually believe them. So when we fall short, instead of saying, God, I fell short, have mercy on me, we hide. And I wish Pete could come in because he he gave me this excellent um, a, a, a analogy that he put it on that says back in the day when when he was younger, back in the day when he was doing everything wrong, back in the day when when he he just was living life and living worldly, he wouldn't say bless you. He wouldn't say you have a blessed day. He wouldn't say anything related to God because he felt like a hypocrite. He felt wrong. We are taught that if you are sinners, if you are if you are lost, if you are in the wilderness, then the best thing for you to do is to hide. It's to not go before God, it's to not admit it, it's to not tell him the truth, it's to hide. And we'll go back to the story of Adam and Eve, and like I said, I'm not giving specific scriptures. If you want specific scriptures, you pray on it, because I don't want you telling me that I somehow, I'm not trying to do any of that. You pray on it, you figure it out, you let God talk to you. If you if he talks to you and he makes you feel it in your heart to follow or to pay attention to what I'm saying, then so be it. If not... If you don't want to put in the work, if you don't want to put in, you don't have to, okay? That's not what, I'm not here to do your homework for you. You can do your homework yourself on this way. And it's not going to come from just reading in the book. It's going to come down from you getting on your knees and humbling yourself because it's about time we as Christians start putting on our armor, and our armor is grace. So when you have, you take the story of Adam and Eve. You take the story of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve is sin. When they had ate from the forbidden tree, the first thing they do is they looked at each other and they saw that they were naked. They looked at each other for the first time and realized that they were sinners. And when they heard God coming, the first thing that they decided to do was run and hide. They went and hid in the trees. And God cast them out of the Garden of Eden. Now, the question is, out of all of the things that 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 Eve could have did to Adam, why did Eve tempt Adam to eat the apple from the tree? Now, if if the devil did not want man to inherit the earth, then the devil would have tempted Eve to kill Adam to to remove his 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 reproductive organs, any of those kind of things, and the world is never populated. Man never rules the earth. Devil basically gets his wish. Why isn't that what God, what what the devil tempted Eve with? The devil tempted Eve with eating the apple because it was God's only law. It was God's 
only law. It was the only rule that God had given to Adam and Eve is do not eat from this tree. So the only thing that the devil could do was get you to break the law. That was it. So from the very first moment that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, we have been habitual lawbreakers. Every single time God puts down a law, we break the law. Every single time when he gave us the Ten Commandments, did the Jews go and follow the Ten Commandments? No. They became lawbreakers. That's why they needed they needed these um ceremonies of, of of righteousness where they had to sacrifice animals to try to to try to pass their sin along to these animals and then they could get the righteousness back so they could start over clean again. Why did they have to do that? Because they were breaking the law. God gave them the Ten Commandments, God gave them the law. The Jews could not the Jews could not live by the law. They became habitual lawbreakers. Every single one of us on this earth is a habitual lawbreaker. And we all have to recognize it. We all have to realize it. And we all have to accept it because that is the only way that you can accept grace. What is grace? And how is it different from law? And that's the point where we have to get to. So one quick analogy, we're going to, we're going to tell the difference between grace, between law, and then we're going to take a quick commercial break and see if we can get some of these problems hit because I really want Peter to come in and, and, um, and be a part of this conversation with me. But what's the difference between grace and what law is? is? Law is what God said do not do. God said, do not do this, that, the other. So it's thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not make a false um, image, thou shalt have no other God before me. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor thy mother and father, thou shalt not covet um, thy neighbor's wife or um, all of those things. This should not be jealous. Those were the laws. And the Jews broke the laws. And God knew. The Jews was going to break the laws. That's why he prophesied that he would be sending a Savior. That's why he said a Savior will come. Because he knew that we were habitual lawbreakers. He knew from the days of Adam and Eve that we wouldn't be able to do it. He knew that he was so full of righteousness, so full of love, so full of, of forgiveness for his people. That even though we couldn't forget, that even though we couldn't follow the law, even though we couldn't be on that strict balance, that we were going to need forgiveness and that he was going to have to be the one to give it to us. And it was only one way that he could give it to us. It was only one way, and that was by grace. And he put that grace into his son, and he sent his son down to earth to die for us. Now, here's the point. And then we're going to take a quick commercial break because I want to leave you with this so you can think on it for a second. Here's the point. When we get taught in church that Jesus Christ died for our sins, when we get taught in church that the Lord sent his son to die for our sins, the church makes us sin conscious. Because then we start looking at every single, every little sin we did, and it makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel less than. It makes us feel ashamed that that we had this perfect creation who came down and let go of his spirit. He wasn't killed. He let go of his spirit that we should be forgiven for our sins, and yet we are still sinners. 
and yet we still fall so short. So we walk around with guilt. We walk around with with trepidation. We walk around with fear because we are so sin conscious. The question I'm going to leave you with before we hit this commercial break is this. If God died to forgive you for your sins, then why are you so sin conscious? Ask yourself that question. Think on it, ponder on it, pray on it. And then when we get back, we're going to have some answers for it. This is KRP Radio Show, keeping it real with Pudgy. This is Sunny sitting in. Hopefully we'll get the technical issues finished. We can bring P in and finish up this conversation. But think on that while we had this commercial break. And when we come back, hopefully I can give you some insight on what the answer will be. The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to soundchew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two. 
242-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Rocking with us on the show, Sonny, holding it down as normal. Oh, I appreciate you giving me the chance. You know how we do, so we always we always rocking it that way. Yo, you were in the zone a while ago. I, I was feeling everything that you were saying. I mean, I was I was really loving it. I was really digging it. You really well, it's 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 that point that we're at. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. that point where where we're at where. We none of us can walk around with the doubt anymore. None of us can carry the guilt anymore. None of us can carry the weight of our own sin anymore. If we're going to fight and we're going to fight with our main weapon on our back, then we have to be willing to humble ourselves to let him fight for us. And we can't do that when we're living under law. And well, and that's why I think it is so important that we're having this conversation to understand the difference between law and between grace, especially for two people like me and you. And this is why I wanted, I, I was so making sure, I'm like, Pete has to get in on this conversation. Yeah, I, you know what, I want to I, I wanna elaborate on um, what we were talking about when, when I was telling you how I used to feel and, you know, before I really understood what grace was. And it's amazing that you came up with this topic. And, and I was, I was real thrilled for you to, to do this show because, you know, it's something that's been on my mind for a while, and it's something that I've been talking about a lot to, to various people. And, um, you know, just going back a step, I remember, like, when I when I first started getting close to God and I first started, under, started understanding 
you know, what was really important. Despite of the things that I do, despite of the, the problems that I might have, the, 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 the regular backsliding or, you know, the issues or whatever you might call it, you know, whatever you want to call it, habits or whatever, right? Despite of all that stuff, you got to be willing to represent, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll, we'll represent anything, anywhere, any other thing, any place, anytime. It's like when we're in the street and we really, we, we, we wilding and we representing our hood or we representing a team or we representing something, you know, a business or whatever, you know, we're so enthusiastic about it and we go off and, you know, I, we have this mentality that I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm going to do me. But because of how we grew up, I think, you know, this is what I attributed to, because of how we grew up and not understanding Christianity in its in its simplest form, in its truest form, not understanding Jesus' teachings, we fell short of giving God the glory and giving God the praise and letting people know that we were children of God despite all things. So it's like it was a misconception that, that we had to like, like you said, run and hide, or we couldn't we couldn't expose ourselves for who we really are. And and I think you know through that, I think that stunts our growth. I I know it stunted my growth. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I know it stunted my growth in God, and I feel like it makes you uh, repel God. I, I think it makes you go the, the other way because you feel so bad and you feel so guilty, and, and and you you just, if you really love God, you know what I'm saying, if you really understand this thing and, and you really in it to win it, once you start doing negative things in, in, in a chain of events, you start going totally the other way. And it shouldn't be like that. And, and I think that, you know, as as People in, in our age group, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, I think that we should preach that more more often, Sonny. I think we should talk about it more often because there's a lot of people out there that feel like us because of the way that they grew up and the, and the misunderstandings that they had or the miseducation that they had. You know, God tell us to be who we are for him. He he's not he understand that we're gonna backslide. He understand that we're gonna mess up sometimes. He understand that we're gonna do things that we don't even understand ourselves. But we got to continue to live in God. We got to continue to go forth. We got to continue to be encouraged. We got to continue to encourage and exalt his name despite all things. Like you say, we can't live in the law. We got to live in the grace, man. And it's so important that we grow, that we live, that we endure, that we're rooted and, and we build and we're educated in the grace of God, in God's grace. And this is where we're really saved at. We're not saved in that law. You know what I'm saying? No. We're gonna we're gonna fall victim to that law. We're gonna mess up to that law. You know what I'm saying? But we will not mess up in grace because grace is given. Grace is understood that that you have to grow into this thing. Grace is understood that you you have to have an education into this thing, which just means that you got to spend some time on it. You know, I'm not talking about a little education like going to school learning your ABCs, even though. It is kind of it in the is same just sense. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Even though it is in the same sense of things, but that education is different because this education is felt. It's it's in the heart. It's in your soul. You know, this is not something that you want to let go or that you're not going to use the rest of your life. You know, we 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 went through school and there's so many things that we did and so many things that we learned, and we don't even use it. We just forgot about it. But so th this is that more serious. You know what I'm saying? This is that. This is this is that real deal, as they say. So anyway, I just I just you know, I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, when I when I was doing things so bad, I was just scared to tell people how you doing, God bless you. 
knowing that that per well, I didn't know, but that person that I was walking past probably needed that. God bless you. They probably needed that encouragement, but I was scared to give that encouragement because of the things that I did wrong. It's and, and on top of that, what you do is you stop God from building you, and 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 that's the point. Moreover, that I want to get across in all of this is that you stop. It's it's if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, right? When He died, you wasn't alive. That's right. He didn't know you, or did he? He knew me. Did he know that at twenty-five you were going to be a single mother? That you were going to um, be in debt? That you were going to be stressed out, that you were going to be at the end of your rope, and that was going to be the moment you called his name. Did he already know that? So that means, was he already loving you when you were doing everything to get yourself into that situation? And, mm. and in my life, I look back, and this is why I say no one could ever convince me that God doesn't exist. No one could ever convince me that he does not exist and that he does not love me and that he did not have a plan for me from the very beginning. And I'm trying, and I really want people to understand the difference between law and grace, and I want to use my story to do it. I have two sisters, five brothers. Both of my sisters, multiple kids, um, not in the best position in life. You know what I'm saying? And it could have been me. Uh, five brothers, you know, some of them are doing well. Some of them are locked up in jail. It could have been me. I look at my friends. It could have been me. I look at my cousins and my, my the people that I wasn't so friendly with, the people that I consider my enemies, and I look at what they are now, and I say it could have been me. Along my path so many times when I was switching from the corner boys to, to, to the scale boys. It could have been me. It could have been me on any of the times that I was in places where I knew I shouldn't have been. It could have been me at any time I was doing things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing. Anytime I was, um, I put myself in a precarious situation and I could have got caught. Any of these times it could have been me, but by his grace. But by his grace, if I had got caught in half of the stuff that I was doing, I would probably be getting out of jail next year. But by his grace. And he waited on me. And while I was messing up and while I was doing everything wrong and every single sin you could possibly imagine, he waited on me. And not only did he wait on me, when it was time, he sought me out. And not only did he sought me out, he refused to let me go when I looked and said, I am not who who you need. When I said, God, you can't possibly want me to do this. God, you can't possibly expect this imperfect creature that you put on earth to stand in front of a crowd of people and say your name is worth exalting. You cannot expect me to do that. And God said, why not? And he said, why not? And then it took me until that moment to realize when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't go to the priest. He wasn't in the temples. 
He wasn't with the self-righteous and the self-claiming holy ones. He wasn't with them. He was with the people who who gladly cloud, cried out, I am a sinner. Those are the people that he healed. He didn't heal people who said, God, I, I live by the law. I did everything right. I did all your sacrifices. I worked for your grace. Those aren't the people that he healed. He healed the people that said, God, I have no reason to ask you for it, but heal me anyway. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that he touched. Those are the people that are in this country right now that will turn their back from God because the law of these self-righteous, self-indignating men of the cloth say that they are somehow unworthy to stand in his grace or his presence. Wow. You know what, Sonny? We're going to we're going to lose a lot of what we already have in grace if we don't tighten up. Like if we don't teach this what we're talking about tonight to our children, if we don't teach this to our brothers and our sisters, everybody who's so caught up in traditionalism that that it makes me sick, if we don't teach this to people, we're going to lose a lot of what we already have now, and, that, and that's love. Because first of all, if people don't understand this, you know, like I was saying earlier, they're going to go the opposite way. Like, yeah. we, we've been there, man, and, and I, I swear to God, I don't know how people can't see this. I don't, I don't know how you can't just put it out in front of you and look at it in the literal form, look at it in the physical form. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, man, because I believe everybody's been there at one point in time. When you're trying to get close to God, and you do something negative that the whole world looks at as negative, negative, excuse me, and your family starts to criticize you about it, and all the super Christians start criticizing you about it, and yep. your neighbors in the city and everybody look at you and they point at that one thing that you did. Meanwhile, if you really believe in that scripture that you talk about, that scripture that you're rooted in, that scripture that tells you give it unto God and leave it alone, and he throws it in the wall of forgetfulness, if you really believe in that scripture, why are you even worried about what they think of you? If you really believe in that scripture, why would you let people's opinion sway you and, and make you do a U-turn to God? So I'm here to tell people tonight, man, I don't care how much you mess up. I don't care how much you curse as somebody told me. I don't care how much you backslide, how much you fornicate or whatever you do. If you're a child of God and it's in your heart and you mean it and you really want to let that go, humble yourself and get on your knees and ask God to help you with these issues and forget about what man tell you unless you're living by law. Because if you're living by grace, God will forgive you. Yes. If you mean and it that's in your the heart. thing. And that's the thing. When you're living by law, it's like tempting God to show you how prideful you are. And and, and you take it in the, you take it in the example of you say, all right, say like you curse. You curse. I'm I'm a habitual cursor. I curse like a sailor. And mind you, I have prayed on it because of my job, because of what I do. I have prayed on it. And I'm I'm like God, take my tongue, God, um, let me be of you when I speak, and I and I pray on it, and then I'll get into a situation where I'm where I'm arguing, and and I come out, all of me comes out, yeah. and when me comes out, it comes out in curse words. 
it comes out it does it didn't come out the way it sounded in my brain but it comes out and it comes out in curse words and the first thing i do is huh, i i retract and i feel like i oh my god i'm guilty i'm sitting here and i'm talking about god and i'm using curse words and i feel guilty my aunt would just be ashamed of me but then I had to get to the point that says, I prayed to God to take my tongue. Now, do I believe he answers? Now, I believe he answers. So if I pray to God and I tell God to take my tongue, and then what comes out of my mouth I think to be ungodly, what am I living under? I'm living under law. Because I'm deciding in my mind what God wants me to do instead of just saying, God, take my tongue, and then letting him do it. With no guilt, with no resignment, with no fear, just to say, take my tongue, dear Lord, do with it as you will. And if curse words come out the other end, you still going to love me. But I'm doing what you told me to do. And, and what we look at, as we, like I said, it's back to thinking that just the self-righteous deserve to stand in his presence. If you look through the Bible at how many people God used that were imperfect, how many people he took, he does not pick the qualified. He qualifies who he picks. <laughs> Amen on that. And and yeah. that's what we that's what we sit at. We sit like we are undeserving. Like we are un. And what we're doing is we're spitting in his face. Because he's told us, I love you, I've forgiven you, I've sent my son to die for you. All of these things I've already done for you before your name was even written, before before you were even put into your mother, before your mother even thought about having the ability to even have you, already knew you, already chose you, already predestined you. How dare you turn around and look me in my face and say, because you're not perfect, you can't be in my grace. Mm, and the thing is, what we get hit back with is, oh, well, you're just trying to say that the law doesn't matter, that the law doesn't matter, that, that keeping those things that God said sacred, those things doesn't matter. They matter. The point is, if you're trying to do them by law, you will fail. That's right. If you are trying to if you are trying to keep the covenant of thou shalt not lie, you will fail. I put it I put it to you like this. We get into the car, right? Mm-hmm. We got our kids in the car and and Michael is notorious for this. When when he's driving, just just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Oh, get out of my way, honk honk horn horn. Just ridiculous. So when I call him on it, he goes, oh, you you know, you're right. Um, I'm never going to do that again. I, I'm, 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 I promise myself I'm going to stop that. And then you don't even make it to the next stoplight before he's doing it again. Because you put yourself under you put yourself on the law of saying what you will not do, what you will stop, what is definite and 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 indeplausible because you say so. Who the hell are you? <laughs> you know, you know what, Sonny? I I think I think also I I just I feel like I need to say this in my heart. I, I feel like I need to say um, that we're not making up an excuse now. Let let me let me rewind for a second. 
I'm not making up an excuse for for your mess, folks out here, and I'm not making up an excuse for mine or Sonny's neither. We're not making up an excuse for ourselves. The the point is, and 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 I'm and I need to be real specific about this. The point is, stop letting things repel you from God because you are covered in the grace of God. Stop letting yes. law and people repel you from God and make you turn around. Like I said before, and I know people feel like this. I know it, man. If you if you are deeply rooted in the Lord, man, and you really living for God and you're trying, that's all God asks you. That's all. There there is work with faith. There is work. You know, you do have to put in some work. We're not saying that you just go off the handle and go loose and fly crazy. We're not saying that. This message is for the person who's working towards the the, the working towards the grace of God, who's working towards living in living in truth with God. This is not for the person who's like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. There's a difference. Yes. Because There's definitely a difference. When you're in grace, it makes you want to follow law. It doesn't make it like it is the be, the be all, end all. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not the be all, end all, but you want to follow. You want to be pleasing in God's sight. You want That's right. That's right. That's you right. You want those things. So you don't you're not doing them because the law tells you to do them. You're doing them because you want to be you want to tell God basically thank you for your grace. That's right. That's why you that's why it it is not to say that as Christians we are not followers of the law or we should disregard the law. No. If you want to follow the law, Close to God because He will make you want to follow it. That's right. He will make you want to do those things, and then when you fall short, it's not like you're like, "Oh God, I I, I fell short. Let me hide from you." It's, "Oh God, here's me being human again." <laughs> oh God, here 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 is something else I need to lay at your doorstep. But thank God you are overflowing with grace. You know, thank. Thank, thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for, for um, taking the time just to hear me. Lay my soul bare. Those are the things that make you want to follow the law. Not that it is dictated to you, but that you want to follow the law. Now, I want to, cause I want to, I want to break into the practical applications of it. Because it's like we talk a lot about it, but people don't understand how it actually works in their life. And and I want to I want to do this and I cuz like I said this is testimony time. So I want to share some news with 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 KRP radio audience. I am officially engaged. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Yeah. Can I get a round of applause on this? Hold <laughs> on, we got to do yeah. this properly. Yeah. There we go. Round of it's- applause. <laughs> Coming. All right. No so, thir- 13 years. Wow. That's what's up, though. But 13 years, I have been with the same man. We, um, When we got together, neither one of us were under grace. Neither one of us were under grace. Marriage was not important to either one of us. And, um, but, you know, we loved each other. We stuck with, we stuck with, we stuck with each other and, it was not easy. We we fought 
we argue, we broke up, we make up, we get we get back together and and we love and we we hate and we argue and we do all of these things and it and it just got to the point where I was like you know, guys, it's, 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 please just put your hands on this relationship and tell me if it's meant to be. Yeah. And I sat and I prayed on it and I prayed on it and I wasn't getting what I considered to be an answer. All I was getting was this grace stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm praying on trying to, 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 to keep my relationship together, to keep my family together. And what I keep getting is this grace I keep running into grace, and I didn't understand. I'm like, I don't understand what God is trying to tell me. Okay, he's telling me not to worry about the relationship, to just worry about making sure that me and, me and God's relationship is cool, and then he's going to take care of this relationship later. Mm-hmm. I didn't even understand. Here, Here's grace. Law says you're supposed to get married. Under law, I am a habitual lawbreaker. Under grace, God said, you two have loved each other so much and for so long, let me show you how to make it work and how to make it last. Grace. And so as I began to learn a lesson on grace, I had to say, well, if I can apply this to God, let me apply this to everything else. Just like earlier we did with Shirley. We took that grace and we applied it to money. Well, I'm going to take this grace and show you how I applied it to my relationship. I was loving my my man under law. As a man, you should do this. As a man, you should do that. You should take me out. You should do this. I should get flowers. I should get this. I should get that. Law. Everything that man tells you a marriage should be, everything that man tells you a relationship should be, everything that man tells you you need for a healthy, strong union, I was, all of those things, I'm like, these are the things that you should be doing, and we shouldn't get married until you do these things. Mm-hmm. That's law. So I said, "Okay, God, let me take, let me, let me trust you on this one. Let me, let me start loving this man under grace. Let me start loving this man under grace. Let me say to him, you know what? You're getting on my nerves, but I love you anyway. <laughs> let, 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 let me say to him, you know what?" We need to work on our money making, on our money, on um, our money spending habits because I think you being a little bit too frivolous here, there, or the other place. But guess what? I love you anyway. Sure. I'm not expecting that you should do this. I'm not expecting that you should do that. I'm not expecting that this is going to be done. What we gonna start doing is we gonna start praying together, and then we gonna start we gonna start letting God work that out. So it's not going to be me praying for myself. It's not going to be you praying for yourself. We're going to start praying for each other together. And we're going we're gonna to love each other that way under grace. So in the last month or so, these things women that men do that usually tick us off, I mean tick us off and we walk around with our face balled up and we are angry at uh, grace erases it. And I and I want I want you to carry this home and try to try to your home practical use. Grace erases it. Because the reason that you are so angry, the reason that you are holding so much in is because you're hiding from God. It don't got nothing to do with what that man is doing. It has nothing to do with what he's doing. It's something empty in you. It's something broken inside of you. And you can't give him love and grace 
if you can't accept love and grace from God, you can't spread cheer and and joy if you can't accept cheer and joy from God. If you walk around in law, if you walk around in guilt, if you walk around in fear, if you walk around in trepidation, how are you going to give someone else confidence? How are you going to give someone else um, a self of uh, a sense of self being or a, a sense that God is actually good if you have all of these negative things carrying around inside yourself? Because law tells you you should have them. That's the practical use that we have to start bringing it in. We don't love each other like we're supposed to. Now, if you want to say, oh, well, the law is I love my neighbor, how many of us actually put that into works? How many of us actually do that because that's what the law says? None of us. Habitual lawbreakers. Habitual lawbreakers. Under grace, how many of you say, you know what? God is telling me that I need to help this person. Let me help this person. And you might walk past somebody else entirely and not even look at them twice. Does that make you any less of a Christian? Or are you more so because you're doing what God told you to do? Because you're living under grace, not under law. And these conversations that we were having, especially with some of your guests over the last few weeks that got my blood pressure up, I had to come back down and actually stop myself to understand, guess what? I love them too. I don't agree with them. I, I, they, got, they got me to the point where I was right at, at the cusp of cussing. But God stopped it. He stopped it. He gave me grace. When I walked away from that conversation, I was smiling. And I was happy. And and just to share in this, and this is what me and my brother share. Ain't that right, P? You know it. After the show, P sends me an email. It's like, yeah, and I was this and I, and, and I still got some growing up to do. And I had to write P back and say, why? God made you exactly who you are for this moment to be exactly who you are for this moment. How many of us actually believe that? I do. <laughs> but it comes it comes from law. And and I want to put this part in there because this is where we get it from. This is where our law and our edict is brought down. Our law and our edict is brought down from our church. And if you have this kind of pastor, be weary of this kind of pastor. The kind of pastor that preaches from one book. And that's, this is what I mean. If you have a pastor, and the pastor does a sermon, and the entire sermon is based in the Old Testament, you probably should run from that church. You probably should run quickly from that church. Because God makes two covenants with man. God made a covenant with the Jews, which was under the law. And God made a covenant with, with the Christians that was under Jesus Christ. When you go back and you read the, the Old Testament, you're getting the law. And you need the law. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, it is not something that you can expel. It is not something that to be forgotten. It's very, very, very valuable lessons in learning and understanding the law. Just not living by it. So in order, if you have Old Testament, 
You have to find something in the New Testament to compare and contrast. So you can understand the difference when God was talking in law and what he did when he was talking in grace. So like I said about the um about with Adam and Eve, they ran from God when it was a sin. When when um when when after they said after they ate from the true um the um tree of knowledge, they ran from God because they knew that they had sinned. And that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Now, if you go New Testament, and we're going to take when God was walking through Jericho, and when Jesus, not God, I'm sorry, when Jesus was walking through Jericho, on his way on his way to Israel, about to meet his death, he's walking through Jericho, and Zechariah comes up, I, I, I do believe, yeah, I'm sure it's Zechariah. He comes up. He's a tax collector. He's a sinner. He's a liar. He's a thief. He he is every sin wrapped up into one. <laughs> and when and Jesus comes through, Zachariah here he's coming through, and what does he do? He's a short man, so he can't see Jesus. So he goes and he runs up a tree. He gets to the top of the tree and he looks down, and he doesn't have to say anything because Jesus looks up at him. Jesus looks up at a sinner, and he says. Come down, humble yourself. Tonight I'm going to stay at your house. At a sinner, at a tax collector, at a cheat, at a liar, at a thief. Jesus said, tonight I'm going to stay in your house. And everybody around Jesus, what did they say? They said, oh, no, look, Jesus is going to stay in the house of a sinner. He's going to stay law. They started bringing in law, and God and Jesus said, "Well, I don't care about your law. I'm gonna go stay in his house." And he went and he gave Zachariah grace. After he gave him grace, he said, "Everybody have ever cheated? I'll pay them back tenfold. Everyone have ever wronged? I would do my best to make it up." He decided he wanted to follow the law after Jesus gave him grace. See, he didn't run from Jesus. He ran to Jesus. And when he ran to him, Jesus called him out by name. And he sat in his house, and he blessed his house. And because he sat in his house and because he blessed his house, he changed the man. Mm -hmm. And now the man wants to live by the law instead of being forced into the law. That's where we have to find ourselves from. That's the place we have to find ourselves at. When we judge ourselves by the law, we will always fall short. Every single time. And I've said it seven, eight, nine times tonight, and I'll say it one more time just for to make it perfect with the ten. <laughs> you will fall short if you live by law. There is no shortcut around it. There is no way around it. It is just that plain and simple. Your only armor is grace. You have to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, no matter what your sins are, no matter whether you're still committing your sins, no matter if you can't get over this one particular sin at the moment, whatever it is, he still loves you. And if you cannot walk in that, you will walk in law and you will fail. Wow. You all right? You need some ice water? No, I'm all right. I just I had to pause for a second for for um, review. But if you don't have nothing to say, then I'll keep going. 
No, go ahead. It's the show is yours. I'm I'm in I'm entertained over here. I'm listening. I'm, I'm like, I know, Come on, girl. Well, you know, you know me. Okay, let's not even go there. We're not we're not I'm, even going on there. We're going look, hard tonight. I'm sitting back like, yo, what else? Come on, bring it. We're going hard tonight because we, okay, because we're going we're going to talk about these two mountains because we have to understand these two mountains in 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 in, in Israel. There are the two mountains: the Mount Sinai and the Mount oh, Zion. Yeah. All right, you got Mount Sinai and you got Mount Zion. Go uh, read what God says about these two mountains. Read what God says about these two mountains. And if you notice, when you ride around your city, I want you to see how many Mount Sinai churches you find as opposed to how many Mount Zion churches you find. Because you're going to find a lot more Mount Zion churches than you're going to find uh, Mount Sion churches. And here's the reason. For Mount Sion, God said any animal that touches it, any person, any anything that touches this mountain will die. Don't go near it. It is a cursed mountain. Don't go near it. And then you have Mount Zion. And if you read about Mount Zion, Mount Zion, God is there. Jesus is there. The whole host of angels are there. All of these great men that came before you that that Jesus rose and brought to heaven, all of these men are there. They're sitting on the top of Mount Zion. And you have these two mountains, one of death, one of life, one uh, of sorrow and, and one of joy. One of emptiness and one filled with the host of heavens. You have these two mountains. These two mountains are law and grace. God said, don't touch law. You will fail. There is death. There is sorrow. That you will fail if you touch Mount Zion. You will fail if you touch law. But if you come over here and you touch Mount Zion, you touch this mountain that is filled with the heavenly host, that is filled with the Father, filled with the Son, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the angels of heaven, filled with all of the good, righteous men that have come before you. You come and you touch this mountain, this mountain of grace. Come and put your spirit on this mountain. For here you will find everlasting life. Everlasting. So when Jesus said, come to me, and whoever believeth in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you go to Mount Sinai, you are not going to Jesus. If you run to law, you are not going to Jesus. You're going back to the Old Testament. You're going back to God's first covenant. It did not work out so well. That's why he sent the second covenant. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. We have to learn to go to Mount Zion and not Mount Sinai. We have to understand the difference, and we have to make sure that we don't run and hide in the face of these differences. We have to learn how to take the pride out of ourselves because a lot of us are walking around so prideful and we don't even recognize it. I can do this. I can do that. I can accomplish this. I can. Really? Can you? Can you? And then all you have to do is add that one little statement that makes it all true. But by the grace of God, 
But by the grace of God, we can save this country. But by the grace of God, we can bring down our debt. But by the grace of God, we can transform our communities into what God would actually want them to be, not the cesspool that we've turned into. But by the grace of God, can we solve the problems of this country. Now, all of that is true. But if you walking around saying, I can save this country, I got all the answers, I know what's right, none of that is true. None of it, all of that is law and pride. None of that is touched by grace. None of that is touched by divine providence. None of that is cloaked in the weapon that is God. None of it is cloaked in the shield that we need to um, to armor ourselves. None of that is going to help us win a victory or help us win a fight. All that is is pride, and all that is is the devil telling you you don't need God. You don't need to humble yourself. You don't need an omnipotent Savior to forgive you. That's what that pride is in saying what I can do and what I can do. And when you and this is the point. We never look at the cost of law. And and this goes for politics as well. These principles can be spread out over every single sector of your life. You see, I've explained we've well, we've did it how it worked in your money, how it worked in your spiritual life, how it can work in your relationship, even how it worked with your driving. All of these principles can be spread out and, and, and put into into any area or sector of your life. But to understand in law and, and what it means, we have turned into a country where the law says that government takes care of the weak, where the law says government takes care of the disadvantaged, government takes care of, government takes care of, and we never question the price. We never question the cost of what it actually costs us to have government do this. Now, mind you, I want people to think, about what does it cost you to be a child of God? Does God put a monetary value on what it costs you? Now, say if you were, now people say, yes, you have to tithe. You have to tithe your 10%. If you have nothing and you can't tithe, does God turn you away? No. There is no price that God pays or um, puts on your salvation. The only thing that he says to you is, you got to believe in me. you got to believe that I sent my son to die for you. you got to believe he is your Savior. If you believe that, then you're okay with me. He gives you no other price, no other cost. Up front, that's what it is. Start weighing the cost of what it costs for us to take the poor and put it on government. For us to take the mistrotten and to put it on government. For us to take um, the least of us, the least among us, because that's how liberals like to always do it. We take the least among us and we put them on government. What is the cost of that? Now, we could talk in monetary terms, the cost is $16 trillion in debt. When government wants to become God, they run up a debt. Now, when you take your stuff to God, God, he puts it away. He throws it away. He's done with it. He doesn't look upon it. It's not something, he doesn't want to look at your sin. He doesn't want to look at the worst of you. He doesn't want to look at any of that. He wants to look at the best in you. And that's all he chooses to look at. So you walk away debt-free with God. $16 trillion in debt with government. Law $16 trillion. 
grace free of charge. Now, that's in monetary. What does it cost us spiritually? And this is the big thing, because when you have people who run to law instead of running to grace, you have people that run to government instead of running to God. And then when the laws don't work, you have a people that are lost. See, because they already know that they turned away from God, so they don't know how to turn back to him. They're already being fed by government, so they don't know how to how to cut that off to actually be fed by God. And that's where we find ourselves in this place of contradiction, where you have people who say they believe in God but say, uh, no, but you can't cut food stamps because then people will starve. We don't you you don't believe in God. You don't believe that God will provide. You don't believe that 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 if we all call out in his name that he will be our salvation that we don't need government to do it. And that's where we as Christians fall short. Because we are not using our weapons. We allow ourselves to be painted into this picture that we are weak, and I said this earlier, we are weak, that we can't fight back, that we will turn the other cheek, that that our own salvation is enough, which it is, unless God calls us to fight. And I think that that's where we find ourselves. God is calling regular, average, everyday Americans, not just Americans, people, Christians, all over the country telling them that now it is your time to fight. You cannot be weak. You cannot be passive. You cannot um, overlook those that would spit in your face. You do not need to turn the other cheek. It is time that you stand firm because you got work to do, yes, but in one hand you must also have your sword. You must also be willing to fight. So, yes, we have to rebuild. Yes, we have to build up our grace. Yes, we have to start preaching and talking amongst ourselves. Yes, we have work to do. But while we're doing it, we must have our weapon in our other hand, and our weapon is grace. Are you there? Oh, girl, I'm here. I'm Girl, you better go ahead. <laughs> no, it, it, it is. It's just at, it's at that point. Go ahead. Where it's exciting to be a Christian again. And and when you look at it, we're under siege. When you look at it, they have all these culture wars and all these things going on. And I think that, no, I don't think. I do not think. I know that we are coming upon an age where... Christians will have to stand up. Where we will retake our place. Where we will... Bask in the glory of God because he already said that we would. We're here now, Sonny. Exactly. And and it takes the soldiers to finish the fight, and that's the point where we are now. We have to build an army. But in order for us to build an army, we must preach grace. We must preach grace. We have to get those who believe in God to not only to forgive themselves, because I know with me that that was one of my biggest things. I could I didn't know how to forgive myself. I didn't know how to look back on my life and then honestly pray. And, you know, that's like a big thing to say. I didn't know how to look back on my life and then turn around and pray mm. because it felt wrong. I felt guilt. I felt like... I. I Blasphemy! I felt like it was just wrong. Yeah, yeah. We've been taught to be guilty, though. That that that's part of it. It's like 
you know, through through life, we've we just been taught when you when you backslide, huh, and you do something wrong, huh, you better go to God huh, and tell him you suck. Man, listen, I I don't, I don't knock that. Listen, I don't. I'm not picking on people. I'm not picking on that. You know, I'm not picking on that. I'm not. I promise, I'm not. And I and I got love for the church, and I got love for how the church reacts and how the church responds to things. But when you're home, and, and I want to be real clear. Let me turn my mic up on this. I want to be real clear on this. When you're home, and evil is getting at you, let me say the devil's getting at you, and he's tugging on you. Because everything in your life is going wrong. You don't have any foundation because your foundation comes from your pastor instead of your prayer life, instead of your grace and your mercy and your your education. So when you're at home and you're going through and there's nobody around and you can't get in touch with your pastor because your pastor can't go through this with you. He can come for a little while, but one thing about it, he can't live your life. So when you're fighting them demons and you're fighting them spirits on the inside, that, 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 that little thing they do when, when they're preaching and and that music and that those drums and that keyboard and that amen corner and such and such and such and mother such and such they can't go through for you, baby. They cannot go through for you. And that's and why what you said earlier was very, very powerful. More powerful I know it probably flew over a lot of folks' heads, but it was very powerful. Like have you ever I hear your pastor laying hands on you, but have you ever humbled yourself, dropped to your knees and prayed to God and asked him for forgiveness and asked him to show you the way. Let me tell you, that's a very, very humbling experience. If you haven't yeah, done it, but see, here's try. the point. Here's the point. Is is the asking for forgiveness part? When you're asking for forgiveness, it's basically saying you don't believe that he already forgave you. <laughs> and and that's that's the law part because that's the part that keeps tripping us off. <laughs> That's the part that trips us up. He already knows what you... This is the part we have to get through our head. We act like we could actually hide it from him. (laughs) We act like we could actually hide... He already knows. He already knows. If you allow yourself to understand that he knows you, you are perfectly where you are supposed to be for him to work in your life. Mm -hmm. Okay? Everything... Bad that you've been through is so that he can get you somewhere good. But you got to believe it. You have to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, when he opens those doors, you don't walk through them. And and it's the perfect example of, I have a cousin mm-hmm. who says, um, you know, I, I'm trying with God. You know, I'm trying with God. This is his favorite saying, I'm trying with God. I'm trying with God. I pray to him, and I'm trying with God. And then you'll say, oh, okay, well, how is everything else going? Well, I got this job interview, but it's, you know, I have to wear a tie. You know how I feel about wearing a tie. (laughs) I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. You know, you... You're trying, God, but when he sends you something, you can't even see that he's... Some people can't even get the interview. Dude, you got the interview, but you're not going to go to the interview because you want a tie, because you don't want to wear a tie, and then you telling me you trying, God? Yeah, you are trying him. And he doesn't like when you make fun of him. When you put him out like, all right, Lord, let's see what you're going to do, and then he works. And then you turn your back on his work, and you will tell me you trying him? 
That's not grace. It's, it is it is it is law. And we go back to it, we revert back to it, and every time we do, we shield ourselves. We blind ourselves from seeing his grace, from seeing the doors that he's opening, the windows that he's opening. I'm telling you, the mouse holes that he's opening, and he's going to make us fit through them. He's doing all of these things, but we're so focused on what pastor thinks. We're so focused on what atheists think. We're so focused on what um, the self-righteous or the non-believers or the semi-believers or the Tuesday believers think, that we don't look for the grace. We don't look for the open door, and we don't walk through it, and we cannot be blessed on the other side of it. And that's the only place where we're going to find our soldiers. That are, That is where we're going to find our next group of warriors, our twenty third, our what I like to call our twenty thirteen warriors. That's where we're going to find them at. We're going to find them in centers. We're going to find them on street corners. We're going to find them lazy and arrogant and prideful. We're going to find centers because that's what Jesus did. And from those centers. He got a whole bunch of people that were willing to go out and spread his word from those sinners, from from healing those sinners, from changing those sinners. See, we got a whole bunch of self-righteous that are, uh, that are not changing the direction of this country. We have a whole bunch of people that walk around holier than thou, but they are not changing the direction of this country. Because they're doing it by law, they're doing it by works. And in those law and in those works, there is no place for grace. And they wonder why we fail. It is a time when we walk on nothing but grace, and it comes in us saying, and I'm, um, I'm going to close it out on this one. I'm going to close it out on this one. When God said, when God looked at the world for the first time, and he saw darkness, God did not comment on the darkness. He did not say, oh, how dark it is. Oh, he did not flip a light switch. He did not light a candle. He did not go about work. God said, let there be light, and there was light. All he had to do was say it. And we are made in his image, so all we have to do is say it. We have to pray it, and we have to believe it, and we have to walk in it, and he will do the rest. 2013, can we get enough soldiers? Can we build a grace army? That will not only go into our communities, but will go into churches all over this country and get out the law. Get out get out this 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 idea that we need a law for everything and get back into God so loved us that he that he sent us his only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Is that the point? Can we get back to that point? Yeah, that is girl. great. Woo. Sonny, you brought the pain tonight. My bad. I know we late. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it, no, it is. And I, like I said, bro, I so much appreciate you letting me have this. It came out of the blue, out of nowhere, and I was like, it, it needs to be said. And it's not going to be the last time we have this conversation. I think that this, like I said, I think this is 2013. 2013 is, is not politics. It's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's not Democrat. It's not Republican. It's not... That ceiling is not it's not any of these things. Twenty thirteen is individuals finding grace. Mm-hmm. Individuals finding God and forming an army 
to do that. Okay, the politics, they'll come back in four years. All of this mess, it'll come back. It'll be there. All of our problems will still be there. Let's not worry about them for a minute. For one minute, let's put them on the back burner. Let's for one minute say, to hell with the law. And let's make sure we are steeped in grace. After we get ourselves steeped in grace, after we get our army filled, we can go and fight those other battles. But if we cannot get ourselves to a place where we stop feeling the guilt, if we can't get ourselves to a place where we stop feeling the fear, we stop feeling the trepidation, we stop feeling like we are less than, then we cannot bring this message to everybody else. We can't bring a political message to anyone else. We can't bring a spiritual message to anyone else, a financial message to anyone else. Uh, a loving message, a caring message. We can't bring that to someone else if we cannot first realize how to fully accept it from God first. Because once we realize how to accept it, we'll know how to give it. Wow. There it is, folks. And you don't have to thank me, by the way, Sonny. But, uh... I appreciate it, man, because I feel inspired now. You know, I... I tell people to listen to the KRP radio show on Sunday to get jump start your week, but you jump started my week, man. So I really appreciate that, and it was all about the word too. So that that's big, man. Shout out to everybody out there who listened to the KRP radio show with at Sunny Johnson, even though she didn't give herself a big up on her own Twitter at Sunny S O N N I E Johnson. You know how to spell it? If you don't, wrong show probably, but. Listen, man. And, yeah, and and like like I said, put it put it on everything. You ain't gotta walk in it. You ain't gotta listen to me. I ain't giving you. I ain't trying to tell you this scripture, that scripture. I ain't trying to take the pray, the place of your pastor or priest. I don't have a calling for it. But I tell you what, I do have. When God tells me to speak, I open my mouth. And and that's what tonight's show was. He told me to speak, and I opened my mouth. When he tells you to speak, stop looking at what you think you should be or stop thinking at what you think you ought to be or or you got to fix this first so you got to know. When he tells you to speak, speak. When he tells you he loves you, believe him. Walk in his grace. And that's how we're going to get our army. And, and that's all it takes. All this other stuff, it's important, but... If we can't save people, then none of the other stuff matters. None of the other stuff matters if we can't if we can't even talk to each other and have conversations amongst ourselves where we can where we can do these kind of things, then none of the other stuff matters. And if Christians, if we decide that we can't stand up, then we need to stop calling ourselves children of God because I don't remember Jesus walking around this earth timid or afraid to speak. So if we're going to call ourselves as children, then we need to start acting like it. And that's 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 the message for the week. That, I mean, that's the message, I think, not even for the week. That's the message for the year, that we can't let our past hold us. We can't let our present hold us. And we can't pigeonhole ourselves into thinking we know what our future holds either. It's all but by his grace. And and the minute we start putting that in and saying that and adding that objectively every single day to our conversations, I think that that's when you're gonna start seeing the change. And not only just the change in in this um in this country, 
what I'm really praying for is a change in our community. So we'll start 2013 off by saying this. 2013 will be the year we start to save ourselves. No doubt. Not maybe, not kind of, not should be. No, 2013 will be the year we start to save ourselves. 2013 will be the year we start to love our babies in our wombs. 2013 will be the year that we say enough with our, our, our teenagers bleeding on our streets. 2013 will be the year that we say enough. We are children of God, and God has better plans than this for us. And we want those better plans, but by the grace of God. Woo! Well, I, I know I don't have a cup in my hand. Oh, I do got a glass over here that used to have water <laughs> in it. So I'm holding my glass up as we close the show, and I'm saying toast to 2013, the year that we come back. Yes. Amen on that one, bro. Thank you so much for having me on KRP Radio Show. All the best listening audience on talk radio, I, I definitely have to say that. Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to this year. God put his hands on you, be in his grace always, and do not think that means that you're not meant to fight. That means that you are one <laughs> of the fiercest fighters on this planet. Now walk in it. Word up. With love for my team, to your team, thank you for listening to the KLP Radio Show. 6.8 million for people out there who don't know. 6.8, just a little, just a couple thousand under that. 6.8 million listeners out there, man. We growing slowly, but we moving. Doesn't matter. We got a job to do, man, and we're going to keep doing it. Shout out to everybody out there. Next week will be the last show of 2012. So make sure you guys tune in next week, man. I got to trying to bring everybody back just to come through and talk about what 2012 meant to them so next week man we'll see you guys same time same place 8 p.m thanks for listening to the krp radio show with special guest host sonny johnson and you know she had me on your boy pudgy one <laughs> love. <laughs> one love Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Pony gon' recognize, still, still, reckon I will Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get to shine Let's throw your hands up in the sky